Hey, everybody. Welcome to season two of The Brown Print with me, Carrie Champion. And that's right. I said season two because this time around, there's a twist on The Brown Print. Each week, I'll bring you conversations with some really accomplished people, folks you've seen, maybe some folks you've never heard of before, but they always have one thing in common, how they were able to come back. I want you to be inspired. I want you to see people who are just like me and you, and they figured it out. I hope they act as a guide. I hope you feel as if you're being mentored. I hope, in fact, that you feel like you're getting direction. Welcome to season two of The Brown Print, The Comeback. Record labels aren't giving handouts to internet rappers. Doesn't work like that. Um, auntie, that's exactly how it works. That's how Chance, Soulja Boy, and LMNOP got their deals. The last one, is that even a person? Well, LMNOP has the number two most stream album of the year. Cakes and coding. Whatever, sounds like a one hit wonder to me. So not many people can say that they were the first to do something, but MC Light can. She was the very first solo female rapper to release a full-length album, the first female solo rapper to be nominated for a Grammy, and the first female rapper to ever receive a gold single. And that's not even all of it. With a career that spans over 30 years, and she looks good, by the way, she's truly a pioneer in the rap game. MC Light is an award-winning rapper, actor, producer, and consistently has found new ways to reinvent herself in and out of the music industry. In this conversation with MC Light, I wanted to learn more about her career, how she found great success, but more importantly, how she learned to pivot and reinvent herself in the face of so many challenges. I'm a fan, so this is a big moment for me just to have this for you. I, you and I, over the years, have seen each other at different events. Well, I've seen you. Um, and I thought to myself, how difficult it must be for a woman in this business, because you definitely are a pioneer and one of the first that I respected. Roughneck, I, I mean, still still is a bop to this day, right? Mm, thank you. And you were very um, honest about who you were then. I didn't even know what I was what I was I was talking about, but I was mm. with it. You know what I mean? You just are honest about who you are, what you needed, <laughs> what type of man you wanted. And I thought to myself, mm-hmm. what a powerful woman. If you can tell me where you think you get that from, how does that how does that begin to sit in your spirit and then you express it as art? I would say just courage and strength coming from uh, the streets of Brooklyn. You know, when I talked about Roughneck, those were all of the guys that I actually grew up with. Uh, guys that were from Jamaica and Trinidad and Haiti and Barbados and uh, Panama and, you know, all of these guys. So it was an ode to the guys that I grew up with who didn't scare me at all. You know, had you, had you not grown up in that atmosphere hearing about a roughneck, it was like, Oh my God. Um, however, uh, because it was what was close to me, I didn't fear for it at all. In terms of that strength, Um, I have a strong mom and she taught me whatever it is that you want to go after it. She taught me how to be um, forthcoming. She taught me how to be honest. And and if you have all of those things, you know, you can move forward in life. You work hard. Just the staples. Just foundational staples that we probably take for granted. Mm -hmm. But I know that a lot of people don't have. Mm, mm. And I think about that, this common denominator, what you talk about, all the things that make you you. 
And you have been able to have longevity in a business that you can look to your left and right and not see the same people who started with you. How were you able to, and I, I want to call it pivot, but there was also this reinvention of who you were. Um, you are an entrepreneur now. I know you manage. Um, we've seen you do more than just be MC Light. I, and I'm not even saying just with the voiceovers, your incredible voice, right? Thank How you. were you able to reinvent yourself? and say, this will be me. This will be a part of the legacy I leave. Well, a very long time ago, my first manager said to me, um, we want to make you popular without the need of a hit record. And when he said that, it kind of gave me the clearance to do all of the other things that I love to do. I just wanted to be able to live out all of the things that I had ever thought about. And that's how I sort of came into, you know, voiceover and acting and DJing and speaking and announcing and, you know, just all of these things that I do. But I did prepare for them. You know, a lot of people step up and go, I want to do voiceover. How do I do it? And I'm like, well, study, get great at it. Learn about all the voices that you need to put on. It's just not an overnight sensation. Although it has happened like that for most, it won't happen like that for all. In our business where you are paid to talk, um, people think they can do this. And I often mm. say to myself, I, I don't know what else there is to do. I get paid to talk. I'm like, shit, I need another skill set. You had all of that mm. and you were able to be even more successful, in my opinion, and then be able to put yourself in rooms with different people to have conversations that most can't have. I, I literally think about, and in my mind, there was a period in which you hadn't had an album, I think maybe 98 to 03. Then you have, then you release another one. And then I'm like, where, what is MC Light doing now? <laughs> Were you sitting in the corner like, I want to take a break or I'm trying to figure it out? <laughs> uh, I think after 03, we, um, it, during 03, we had a deal with Mark Geiger. It might have been 02. A deal with Mike Geiger over at iMusic BMG. And we put out this indie record with him as the distribution. And as soon as we had all the records ready to go out, our main marketing guy passed of throat cancer. Like no one in the company even knew that he had cancer. And so now we've got all these CDs on the shelves, on the shelves, you know, God rest mm -hmm. his soul. And like nobody to really move it, you know, nobody to talk with the salespeople, to talk with the mom and pops. It was no one talking on behalf of the record. So that kind of went away. And uh, prior to that, though, I was in a deal with Will Smith's record label. And then they lost their distribution that they had with uh, Jimmy Iovine and Interscope. And so that's how I ended up in the other deal. And then after that, I started acting. So I did For Your Love in the 90s, but then Yvette Lee Bowser called me back to participate in Half and Half. And I did that from, I think, 2001 to 2004 or five or something like that. What did I do in between there? A lot of different roles, strong medicine. And then I became a music supervisor. No, before I became a music supervisor, I dropped another record, which was called um, Almost September. It was a group that I had created with two, two guys. And we dropped this record that was 
fire. Matter of fact, I just got a call that two of the songs are going to appear in the next Tyler Perry movie. Oh, wow. Yeah, but it was like a neo-soul R&B sort of record, which I was really proud of. And we released it through Sony in Germany. And so we toured over in Germany with it. It was a great record. And then after that, I became a music supervisor. Wow. Which is when I kind of disappeared and I was in it for about five years. What did you take from that position? Like, because in my mind, that seems like a natural fit. But what did you take from that position as in what did you learn and why you were like, let me transition out? With music supervision, I learned how to work with a team effectively. I learned how to be in charge of my vertical. I learned how to involve other people in the process. I found new talent, which were producers and composers from all over. I learned how to work for a boss for, you know, James DuBose, mm -hmm. who I had never really worked for anyone um, except Chi Chi's Mexican restaurant when I was 16. Uh, so I learned that. I learned how to be amenable to a circumstance, how to douse out fires. Yeah, I, I learned quite a quite a bit at uh, DuBose Entertainment. Working with uh, the whole team there, and it taught me watching his company that I wanted that same thing. And I wanted that thing when I was younger. You know, when I, I had an office on 89 Fifth Avenue across from Giorgio Armani, which became a problem for me. But mm -hmm. um, shopping. Yeah, shopping. But I, there I had a management company. I had a couple of managers that were working with me. And because I was an artist and it really thrived off my energy, whenever I would leave, it just would become a task when I would get back to get everybody back on the same page. So now that I have a team that does it all day long, that stays on top of everything, I get to be MC Light, but I also get to be, you know, the CEO of my company. When you look back at all of what you learned there and look at the, the, the entrepreneur that you are today, the, the business of MC Light that you have been able to build, the empire, if you will, has that helped you really navigate through these, these mean Hollywood streets, these mean entertainment streets? I don't think that job helped me do that. I think hip hop helped me do yeah, that. You're like, I got <laughs> well, I was right. Yeah, okay. like the streets, right? You know, who do you, because I'm, I'm listening to you talk, I, I know the transformation. I literally see it in my eyes. And as you're talking, I'm like, wow, this is beautiful. And it's inspiring. I wonder if you look at certain artists today, women in particular, some, yes, you obviously will come in, but others do you think, and you may do this without even telling me, let me pull you aside and let you know that you can be more than just that, you know, than this, than this single, than just this artist for a few years. Uh, I don't know that I have, because let me tell you, the artists coming up, there's a lot of them that are very savvy. It's music. It's going to be there. Love it. But there are a whole lot of other things that can take place. And so with, uh, let's say, for instance, Tierra Wack, who is a really good friend of mine, little sister. She understands that she needed to put out music independently first to be recognized. She has a video that she's put out that came out years ago, it probably sits at about seven, seven or to nine million viewers. 
but she has a built-in cult following. She has a merchandise. She goes out on tour. All of the brands call her for her level of expertise in creativity. So she has deals with Vans and she I think she did something with Microsoft. So she's, she completely understands. And same thing with Rhapsody, yeah. who is now um, somewhere, Sanai Lathan is directing a movie and Rhapsody is down there writing all the lyrics for the young lady that appears in the movie. Uh, she and Lady London, who is also a fantastic artist, um, with writing as well as performing. Uh, so a lot of them already know. Mm-hmm. I think in the show, Partners in Rhyme, you get to see me talk about that to an artist that does it. An artist who's just 17 years old and in high school and has no concept of how the record music business works. And as well, I think that what is so maybe lost or maybe even take it for granted from your perspective, you're doing it. Like once they see somebody else do it, they realize it can be done, right? Yeah. Was there anyone you saw do it? Did anybody guide you? You know what? There's so many, there's so many bosses, you know, Janet Jackson. I've, I toured with Janet, you know, I spent a significant amount of time with she and Renee watching how business was done. Um, watching tours, how they put them together, albums, concepts, themes, all of it. And that was probably the first music boss that I saw do it on her own terms. And then, of course, Jada is a really good friend of mine, and she's a boss in a whole nother world. And to see how it is that she runs her ship in creating, you know, Red Table Talk and directing. uh, Jada directed a video for me back in 96. Mm -hmm. She was aware that there was something more outside of acting. And I just made my directorial debut this year. Congratulations. Thank you. With a short called Break Up in Love is going to be in all the festivals. And also All Black has licensed it. So it will live on the platform in their um, short section. But all of that to say, I've seen these women. I've seen Queen Latifah's camp and her team and how she runs it. You can look at the amount of success and know that there is a team and a business behind them. Jennifer Lopez, with no question, she she's a boss. You know, you look at Missy, she's a boss. There's so many in, in this industry that you have to have a boss mentality in order to survive. And you know what? There, there are so many stories of reinvention, of, of I mm. am that, but I'm also that, which to me defines women in general. Black women especially, we are so much more than what, is presented and we, whether or not we live up to those aspirations or those dreams, I think ultimately determine the fear factor of, of failing. Mm. Did you ever fear failing as you decided to try something different? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think the first time was leaving the first record label that I had been with for 13 years and I just wanted to try something different. I wanted to uh, go to Will Smith's label. He was a friend, you know, tight like family. He had a situation where he really wanted to be, really wanted to have MC Light. The The other label that I was on, I had just completed an album. A new guy that worked at the label said, this ain't hitting on the street. And they wanted me to go in and do a whole new album. 
But in the meantime, I had already had songs that had gone up and, you know, beyond the street. I had Cold Rock a Party. I had Keep On Keeping On. I had, you know, these songs that um, that had sort of made their way into mainstream. And through one guy saying this, they wanted me to go in and work on a whole new album. I'm like, I just spent a year doing this album. Y'all want me to go? Let me find somewhere where I can be that is fresh and and new. And so I left and that was scary. And then it got scarier once Will lost his distribution. What were you thinking? Da, 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 da. I was like, oh my God. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And, you know, in LA, they have all sorts of rules. So you're on this stipend, you know, I'm on this monthly stipend that's mm-hmm. all good and gravy. But without a record, to put out there to then go tour and then see the world and do the cycle that I was accustomed to, that stipend would run out. And then what? What would be the next move? So I actually, once we knew that the uh, distribution had gone away, but yet I was still getting a stipend, I was like, you know what? Give me the record I just did. Give me another stipend check. And I'm going to go do something with this record. And so they didn't ask to be reimbursed from the record. They let me walk with it. I was able to make a deal with Mark Geiger at ICM. So I just was, I wanted to be ahead of the curve. And, you know, sometimes my manager was pissed. Like, what? Why would you end the stipend? I said, because I don't want them to end it. I'd rather end it knowing when it's ending and get my ass out there and make something happen as opposed to be as opposed to being signed to a label that doesn't have distribution i'm sitting on my hands we don't know when they're going to pull the plug you might as well yeah okay and that just dis- get in front of it that decision for me is what we have been talking about these last 20 minutes you have always gotten in front of it inherently you've always saw the vision of something else of something more but that still didn't mean you weren't afraid. And I wonder how many people are listening, thinking, well, how do I change? How do I pivot? How do I get in front of it? So you mm-hmm. take the siphon, you take your album and you go and make something happen. You do that. But you had no yeah. choice though, right? That was all you had was that choice. You had no other choice but to make it happen. Yeah, I had to, I had to go make something happen. And, it, you know, it was a really scary time because at that moment, Um, I just felt like, wow, this, everything that I had worked towards was, could just evaporate Uh, or everything that I had learned to do and become so good at it and respected and held. I tell you, one of the most important moments for me is at a Michael Jordan invitational in the Bahamas and a fan walks up and goes, oh my God, I am such a fan of yours. When is your next record coming out? And I said, I don't know. Oh, it was such joy yeah. and a relief to not be. Oh, it's coming out. Uh, oh, I, uh, 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 you know, because uh-huh. you're you're only as good as the music that you have out is what they teach us. Yeah. Uh, and they don't teach us by telling us they teach us by showing us. Mm. So you always feel like you got to keep up. Mm-hmm. But when you make a lane of your own. There's nobody else on the lane with you. So you don't have to keep up with anyone except yourself. 
what do I want to accomplish? What do I want to do that's different and new and fresh? And so, yeah, that's where I am today. Congratulations. That is amazing. Thank Thank you. And more importantly, inspiring for me, because I think all of us in a business where we're front facing think, what's next? Let me get ahead of it. And we mm-hmm. don't, because in my business, it's like, you're only as good as your last live shot. You're only as good as your last TV show you just did, or your last analysis, whatever it may be. It's just, it's a microwave yeah. business. I, I wonder, and I, as I try to summarize what I think it would be, how would you, we have a imaginary party for MC Life. Bear with me. And then everyone, (laughs) and everyone, and we have to introduce you and we have to say who you were and are and will be. Um, If I were to say who I was is, uh, you know, a young rapper coming in with high hopes of just being successful in music. Uh, Who I am is an entrepreneur a philanthropist um, and a talent that does many things on any given day, depending on what is needed. And um, who I want to be is I want to leave behind a legacy of first off being a woman of my word, second, giving opportunities where they may not have existed and someone who was easy to talk to. Hey, and you are. You're all of those things. Yes. And I would say, I, I'd be like, MC Light, the voice. Like, your voice has narrated <laughs> people's ups, downs, good times, bad times, mm. but consistently been something mm-hmm. that we can count on. Like, you know what I'm saying? Very many people have, you're like, I know that. You're recognized by your voice more so than your face, right? I am. Right? I agree. Like, you've been <laughs> talking. Like, it's distinct. It's one of one, which is amazing. Let's talk about your new projects that you're working on. I know that you have a new show. You just talked about Partners in yeah. um, And then a streaming service. You want to talk about that? Tell me all the things you'd like to discuss. Well, absolutely. We can start off with Partners in Rhyme, which appears on a streaming service, which is all black. Mm-hmm. And I'm excited to be a part of the of the platform. You get to it as you would any other streaming service. And you can also go to allblack.tv. It is the only platform of its kind, full of entertainment for us, by us, with us. And it's sitcom. It's long form series is drama is movies is documentaries is shorts is comedies is everything in one place and we have yet to have seen it like this presented before and um partners in rhyme is loosely based on my life about a legendary rapper who goes in to sweeten up her new deal that she thinks she's going to renew. And she is told, no, we no longer want that from you. We want you to be an executive and we want you to teach everything, you know, to this new up and coming MC who happens to be your niece. It's a battle between true school and new school. I love that. I love that. Are you working on anything else that we need to, uh, to tell everybody about? Uh, absolutely. We got a single coming out called Woman from an upcoming project called Pastor and the Poet. It just so happens that my pastor and I are really good friends and we were really good friends before he became my pastor. I just 
went to his church one day and it was like, oh, this is where I need to be. I love it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Warren Campbell, who is skilled. He's a musician, plays every instrument. And I just really wanted us to work on something together. So it's a piece of music that is really inspirational. And that's all I look to do is inspire people positively. Hey, and you're doing it. You're doing it. And you have done it. Um, MC Light is a pleasure and an honor. I'm, I'm a giddy little girl. Um, and Thank I, you. I'm telling you, I was salt and pepper you. I wanted to be a rapper. That was going to be, if anybody told you up until eighth grade and my mother killed my dreams. She was like, honey, you, you can't. Uh, I was like, oh, but, no. but you couldn't tell me I couldn't spit. I used to, I, I have the same rhyme from the time I was like eighth grade. It was really bubblegum, like spelling my name, C-A-R with N I. Yeah. Yeah, you know. Okay. Yeah, right. No, don't 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 hate me. Don't do that. That's not right. Don't do that. <laughs> I love it though. Everybody, everybody just connects with hip hop. So I think since it since hip hop was born, anyone born after, yeah, during, yeah, it's hard to escape it. You hip hop is universal. It is universal. It narrates our life. It's a commonality. It's how you can talk to people you don't even want to talk to. Like I can, I can have somebody at work I don't like, and they tell me they they know Roughneck, and I'm like, well, where you been? Where, what's your name? You want to? You're like, okay, I fool with you. I think now. But, yeah, but yeah. You're beautiful and lovely inside and out. Thank you. Thank you. So as usual on the Brown Print, uh, as we give you some advice and educational tools, I like to give you these takeaways. And I think MC Light was so very candid and honest about her journey. Uh, one of the biggest things that I thought in my opinion, it's really profound, was the fact that she knew that she had to create her own lane so that she didn't have to keep up with anyone else. She gives the example of someone saying to her, when is your next album coming out? And there was a sigh of relief. And she found some sort of contentment in saying, I don't know, because she has already created her own lane. She didn't need to keep up with the next one or the next artist or the next rap or the next song. And I thought that was really powerful. Another takeaway, getting in front of the problem before it all falls apart. If you can imagine how many times there were issues in life that you could have avoided if, in fact, you thought through the process. MC Light found herself at this pivotal point in her career where distribution was not there. And she was able to problem solve and reinvent herself. She found her own distribution. She took the money and she walked. And while her managers probably thought that was not the best idea, she saw the problem and got ahead of it. Last but not least, always prepare for the next steps you want to take. Now that to me is arguably the most difficult thing that anyone can do with their career. I often find myself struggling with that day in and day out. My mind is full of what is next. But what she did was lay brick by brick. She didn't decide that she needed to do it right away. She did it one step at a time. So I think that is arguably the best advice that anyone can give. Always prepare for those next steps you want to take. So that's it for this week's episode of The Brown Print. Let's keep this conversation going online. That's where you can keep it a buck, as the kids say. Follow us on Instagram at The Brown Print Podcast or on Twitter at Brown Print Pod. Follow me, Carrie Champion, on IG and Twitter. Just at my name, Carrie Champion. And if you enjoyed this episode, which I'm sure you will, share it with your friends and family and help spread the word. We'd greatly appreciate it also if you showed us some love by leaving a five-star rating and a positive review. Only positive reviews, please. The Brown Print is a Gallery Media Group original production.